Hi everyone, welcome. Good to see you. Man, it's getting cold these days, huh? Oof. Winter time. Winter time in Florida. Okay, a couple things um, before we get into the passage. Number one, do you have the keys on you? Just jangle the keys around. The keys. Uh, no, don't. You don't have? Oh, I man. That's going to be for maximum. You have the keys? Oh, it's going to be maximum effect because we got our new church building yesterday. So we love the beach and everything, but, you know, if it starts raining or it gets cold or the sun goes down or it becomes illegal to be a Christian. So we're excited, and there's a lot of work to be done. So if you guys want to come out and help, I mean, me and Michael are there all day, every day, but probably on Saturday we're going to have, like, a a little bit of a work day for anybody who wants to come. Not an official one where there's, like, there'll probably be pizza, though. I was going to say no pizza, but pizza. And um, we need to do a little bit of painting and a little bit of demo work. And uh, so if you want to help out, Saturday, 10 o'clock. Right? Okay, John chapter 5. Let's, um, let's study the Bible a little bit. We'll sing another song. Watch the sun go down. And uh, just be happy that we're alive and that God is in control. And that he's blessing us. John chapter 5. What? What? <laughs> After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. Man, I haven't even been alive for 38 years, and this guy had a disease. (laughs) When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? And then the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps in down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and he walked. And that day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said to him who was cured in this, they said to him, It is the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to be carrying your bed. And he answered them and said, He who made me well said, Take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See that see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. Uh-oh, Jesus healing on the Sabbath. Now, this is a great story. It's kind of interesting because, first of all, there was this, the Pool of Bethesda, which, have you been to Israel, Josiah? 
Uh, we need to do a church trip to Israel. You can go to the Pool of Bethesda. You can see the ruins there where they were gathered. And it was uh, a lot of the sick of the community would come out there because there was, I don't know whether it was a superstition or whether it was really happening. I think probably really happening. Something was happening where the water would get stirred. Whoever jumped in first was healed. So they would just sit there and wait for the water to do to be stirred, and then there was a mad dash to get in, because then the first one that got in, according to this um, legend or whatever it was, um, or reality, this this uh, statement in the Gospels here, they would be healed. So here's a guy, 38 years, is uh, basically paralyzed. And the problem with having a um, a healing place that when the water stirs and it's only the first one that gets in, the problem with being paralyzed is your chances for getting in first are greatly reduced. So here's this guy that's been sitting there for a long, long time, years and years. Nobody takes him to the water. Everybody wants to get in first. He doesn't get healed. Even if, you know, that wasn't what was happening, they certainly believed it. And then Jesus comes into this scene and he, he heals the man. The man goes off and tells the religious leaders that Jesus healed him on the Sabbath, which was they were trying to get Jesus. They didn't like him. So that was their big thing about him is he does work on the Sabbath. And so he, they ask him about this. Don't, they don't even care that he's healed, actually. That's the crazy thing about these guys. These religious leaders, these Pharisees and them, they didn't even care a guy was healed of a infirmity that he had for 38 years all they cared did you lift something on the sabbath man I, there's app i was going to get to this application later but i'm feeling it right now so let's go that's sometimes how we are in the church we get so caught up on these little details of what we should and shouldn't do that we forget the bigger issues of hurting people that need to be helped by jesus and we're like did you do this did you carry that did you go there instead of saying did you get healed of the thing that's been keeping you down for 38 years? Let's focus on the bigger pictures. You know, some of these other things are important too, but there's more important things like people. Look at the beautiful sunset. Okay, a couple of applications, then we'll sing another song. Here's the application that I get. People being stuck so this guy was literally stuck in his position. He was physically unable to do anything because of his infirmity. But a lot of people, and sometimes us, get stuck in the same rut, in the same position, in the same infirmity, stuck in life, and we're asking the question, why am I still here after 38 years or 38 months, whatever it is, 38 weeks? How do I get out of this position? Here's the number one not the number one problem, but the first problem in our passage. This is all from the scripture. Number one, I think sometimes the reason we don't get out of this rut or we get unstuck from the problems that we're dealing with or keep reoccurring is that there are too many problems. Look at verse 3. There lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, it First of all, it says there's a lot of people, and then it goes through the list of all the problems they had. There's just, have you ever felt like that? I'm, I can't get out of this. There's just too many 
problems, too many reasons for me to be here. And then what happens, secondly, is you start to lose hope. This man was there 38 years. Jesus saw that he had been there a long time. So not only are there a lot of problems and a lot of things to deal with that keep us in this position, but we start to lose hope because year after year after year, it's still the same. You don't think this guy has tried everything to, do, to get out of this condition he's in? And so we lose hope. Number three, why are we still here? So we have, there's a multitude of problems that seem to be against us. Number two, we start to lose hope because we've been in this place for so long, we, we can't find any way out. Number, th and number three, we get the wrong answer. So here's the question, verse six. Are you ready for this? This is a profound question Jesus asked this guy. Do you want, <laughs> do you want to be made well? I always laugh when I read that because it's like, yeah, obviously, I want to be made well, right? So it's like God's asking us, do you want to stop this addiction or get out of this place or be healed of that? Obviously, we want to, yeah, but he's asking anyway. Why? Because he wants us to think about this. And I think, and this is what I think based on the passage, he doesn't just want us to think about it. He wants to think about it in a different way than we've been thinking about it before. Yes, I want to get out of this. And look at this guy. But the problem is, so here's the wrong answer. He had the wrong answer. The problem is, he doesn't say yes. He says, the problem is, um, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. He doesn't say, yes, I want to be made well. He says, basically he says this, I can't be made well because I can't get into the water. Right? That's what he's saying. I'm telling you, there's a lot of us, I do this too, I'm going to confess to you guys, where God is saying, do you want this to happen? Do you want this, you know, to get out of this position or to that to happen according to my will? And we come up with an excuse as to why it can't happen. In fact, the excuses most of the time, like this guy, come because we listen to the solutions of the world around us instead of to the solutions of Jesus. What did the world around him say? You can't be healed unless you get in the water first. Right? The world around us is saying, you can't be healed of that, you know, uh, psychological thing or that relationship or whatever it is unless you do, and then they give their humanistic answer based on a godless philosophy. And we're saying, I can't get out of this because the world is telling me I have to get in the water first and I can't get in. I have tried and tried and tried and can't do it. And then Jesus says, do you want to be made well? And we say, yeah, I've tried the way that I'm supposed to do it and it doesn't work. And Jesus says, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. This is the way you're supposed to do it. He who believes in me out of his innermost beings will flow torrents of living water. Remember the lady that said, I'm thirsty? Um, draw water. I have nothing to draw with. Same thing. She thought the water was going to come from the way that she always did it, or the world said it. <laughs> Wrong answer. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Immediately, the man was made well. Guess what, world? 
He didn't have to go into the water first. All he had to do was put his eyes on Jesus Christ. Whoa. When someone looks at a, a former drug addict or a person, a couple whose relationship was destroyed or someone who was mentally insane and they get restored and there's no other answer except for Jesus, it makes them, it makes them think, hey, maybe there's another way. Number four, here's one of the reasons why we stay stuck. This is a good one. It's based on the response of the people afterward. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Immediately he took up his bed and walked. And immediately after he took up his bed and walked, who, what happened to him? He was confronted by the religious leaders telling him it wasn't right for him to take up his bed and walk. You know why a lot of us, especially in the church, stay in the position we're in? is because we have negative influences in our lives, especially leaders in the church. What does that mean? It means there's a lot of good churches out there preaching the gospel and preaching about grace, but there's also a lot of churches out there that are preaching the gospel but don't live in grace. They live in legalism. And they'll keep, legalism keeps us down. It keeps us down. And those influences were supposed to be positive, became negative, because they focused on those minor details instead of seeing the bigger picture. What should they have said? That's amazing. You're healed. We saw you here for 38 years. But they're so focused on these details, they couldn't even see it. Number five, how are we going to stay out of this? Come to Jesus is the answer. How do you get out of it, Jesus? See, you have been made well, verse 14. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. Why did he say that to the man? Why did Jesus say sin no more? <laughs> They're having more fun than we're having. <laughs> Probably because something that he did in his life that was sinful led to this condition. Probably. It doesn't say. But Jesus connects the fact that there was sin to the condition that he was in. Repent of your sins, turn to Jesus for healing, and make that a habit in your life. You wanna, we don't just want to get out of the rut, we want to stay out of the rut. Don't go back to that thing, person, situation in your life that brought you there in the first place. Stay away from it. And that's what Jesus is saying. That's not legalism. That's grace because... He knows what's best for us. He knows that's not going to be good for us. And he knows that will bring us right back in. Continue on the path that he's released you into. Good story. Pula Bethesda. Beautiful sunset.